Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
mouth of the sound, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money in the Foul. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what, I would, but you already did it. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. 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 Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh. What a run! Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're gonna get it, right here. Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Jannetty, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff, and we're going to rock it. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast out of Indie Music TV here out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board is our super producer, Matt. You know they can't hear him on the wow, mic, right? full of energy. And by the way, people didn't know, this is the Monty, the Pharaoh show. By the way. <laughs> to the right wow. is the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, bud? Very good, partner. Back again for another fabrific week. Yeah, you sound, you sound really... Chipper oh, yeah. today, I'm, man. I'm, I'm juiced. I've had a lot of good fucking wine this afternoon. What time doing? did you sleep till today? Uh, sleep? What's that? I don't sleep. No sleep for the weary? I have more cats than you have. What? Bro, so much shit going on in the world right now, man. Yeah. People not making money, but guess what? What? Baseball's back July 24th. What are you thinking? W watch this. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Yay. <laughs> Look, I miss baseball, I do. I would love to see baseball games, but I got to admit, I'm very weirded out by the prospect of them playing in front of an empty stadium. I'm, we've already been weirded out. Wrestling gave us the first heads up that things would be different when it came right. to professional entertainment nowadays, uh, post-corona, or we can't even say post-corona because it's still going on, but uh, it's going to be very bizarre to watch a baseball game with nobody in the crowd. Um I guess I'll have a fuller opinion of it when it happens. Well, I, all I keep thinking about are the Yankees, right? It's a 60-game season. They right. usually start like shit. 
even though they got a great team. Right. So we'll be out of it before we even get we a chance won't. to win. We'll no, be we like 0-10 no, with 50 games no, no, to no, go. No, no, no. I have enough faith in Aaron Boone to keep them focused. I don't think that they'll go into too big of a tailspin. We have lost uh, Domingo Herman for the season. I do know that. He's not going to be available. Because is, Judge, is Judge ready to play? I'm not sure about Judge, but you know what? The next hiccup could be the next surgery for Judge. Who gives a so. shit? They're all money-hungry anyway. Yeah, well, you've on. always got that problem. Too. Anyway, the Monty anyway. DeFaro Show would like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty DeFaro, Aqua Cherry. The theme song is straight to the top. You could also catch their other songs, Yes, Yes, yeah. Forever, and Seasons. Aqua Cherry's music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Reverb Nation, or where music is sold. Also, who sends the sings the outro song is the band from Long Island, Wisteria Hall. That sounds familiar. With the lead yeah. vocals of our own Jimmy Farrow, I along with his partner Bart Griggs. Sounds familiar. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. And you can find their music on Spotify, iTunes, and Reverb Nation. You know, nice. We all know we have Tito Santana in studio, yeah. but, dude, you're more of a star than Tito, I That's think, at this point. That's absolutely absurd. You're on yeah, Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. You're a lead singer. Yeah, but I can't do it. Back body drop. Hold on. What? Monty Nefaro could be seen on YouTube, Facebook Live on the Monty Nefaro homepage, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV on the Monty and the Faro page, RTF Sports Network every Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. On the drive. Their drive time show. Yeah. And if you get bored of that, you what? can catch us on Monday on RTF Sports Network at 10 a.m. to 11. Oh, another day. Hold on. Wow. I'm not done. What do you mean? Channel 115 every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. Okay. And for the early risers, 6 a.m. to 6.30, you'll be catching Tito on the upcoming show. I still get the show. You do? Yeah, I switch services, as you know. I won't get into particulars, but I still get it. I'm are you going to be able? You going to be able to catch us on CBS when we start there? Hmm. That would be a big resounding fuck yeah! All right, good. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't want to hear you screaming at me. What? Oh yeah, that would, that would be like me. You slept through the whole thing. <laughs> Jimmy and I would like to take a moment to show respect for the people who have lost their lives and the people who are in the front lines during this time. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Um, Hall of Fame of Tito Santana, about to be in studio. But guess what? What? We're going to take a quick commercial break. Wow, how dramatic. Be right back. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, and I would like to welcome aboard Hall of Famer, superstar, Mr. Tito Santana. Tito, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I, I'm, you guys have made me feel so good. When I got invited, I thought I was going back to the, the old dumpster. 
God. place that you guys had. You Please. know, I said, man, the, the, these guys have no respect for wrestlers. And, and now that oh. I'm in in this new studio, God, I feel I feel like I'm somebody now. You know, coming from a Hall of Famer, coming to this broadcast studio, I totally understand what you're saying. But I don't know if the place was a dumpster. It was close, but whatever. It was close. Anyway, I'm going to turn you over to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh is going to do a little shtick on you, Tito, and then we're ready to go have a little question and answer, and let's have a little fun, all right? Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's esteemed guest on Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. We have Merced Solis, born May 10th, 1953, better known by the ring Why are you giving the guy's age out? I gave the birth date. For those of you who know how to add, figure it out for yourselves. Anyway. Jeez. He's known as Tito Santana, and if your name's Jesse Ventura, it's Chico Santana, but that's a whole nother story. Nice job, Jesse. Hey, two-time. WWF Intercontinental Champion, twice held the WWF Tag Team Champion, 1989 King of the Ring a tournament winner. Also, if I'm not mistaken, the very first match in WrestleMania history. Absolutely. And, of course... A little quick trivia. Who do you, who do you wrestle? Oh, what do you mean? Playboy Buddy Rose under a mask. What's your problem? The executioner. No, Playboy Buddy Rose under a mask. Unfair. Exactly yeah, yeah he's nodding. Would you let me finish the shtick? All right, sorry. Anyway, I think the shtick is finished, basically. What the bottom line is is that this is the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2004. Ladies and gentlemen, our junior high and high school worst nightmare, the great Tito Santana. All right, baby, all right. Yes! Yes! We should explain real quick to the audience at home why the great Tito Santana is our junior high, high school worst nightmare. Go have Go at it. Go have it. You want me to have at it? Have at it. Well, once upon a time, I was on the bus stop, and I was talking pro wrestling, and he comes over and starts making fun of me. What is that crap you're watching? I get him into wrestling. He decides, why do you root for the good guys? He gets me into the bad guys. Okay, fine. Valentine for me, Morocco for you. Fantastic. Well, here comes Pedro Morales. Now, we didn't realize during the 70s how great Pedro was. Pedro returns during the 80s and tortures us by torturing our guys and keeping the Intercontinental belt, yada, yada, yada. We finally get past Pedro. We take a big, wrestling, nerdy sigh of relief. (sighs) And along comes Tito to torture us with Valentine Um, and Morocco. So that's the story, folks. That's the story. Did yeah. I sum that up all right? You Mike? summed it up perfectly. Okay? You Tito, summed how it up. How you doing, brother? On all things aside, it is awesome to have you. What's this about COVID? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, well, uh, are you asking me about my experience? Yeah, with please. COVID? Fill, Absolutely. Fill, fill the fans in what happened since uh, last yeah, time we've seen you. I was uh, teaching from home. I, I had just, you know, we had, because uh, I'm a, a, a middle school teacher and we had just left uh, the school uh, setting and and we were doing virtual teaching at home and about the second week uh, at home I just started feeling really weak and having all kinds of uh, uh, fevers at at night wake up you know about four nights in a row just sweat sweating you know and just soaking wet and then I I lost the taste and smell and Mm. Ended up losing 20 pounds. I, I I was down for for two weeks and ended up losing about 20 pounds. And let me tell you, for those of you that don't believe that you, you think it's a flu, it's it's a lot more than a flu. I just hope that you guys don't uh, experience and you know how many people have we lost. You yeah, know? It, it's 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 something to take serious. Can you can you break it down for the fortunate folks who've not had COVID? The difference between a flu, which we've all 
had in our lives. I never and had this. the flu. You never had the flu? Never had the flu. Wow, Mike, you are a pinnacle of health. How about... <laughs> How about, wow. you know, compare it to the flu? I know I've had the flu. I mean, compare it to the flu. I mean, what? Well, there, there's no comparison. You know, okay. Wow. I, I, I had the flu. I never I never lost 20 pounds. Uh, right. You know, I wasn't out for, for two weeks. Uh, I My wife says that I, I wasn't making any sense. I couldn't put sentences together, and I don't mm. even remember that. And Wow. Were you uh, confined at home, or did you go to have to be admitted no, to? No, I, I was lucky enough that uh, I guess maybe the fact that, because I had been working out pretty good, you know, pretty steady, and mm-hmm. I think that's what really helped me. You know, I was in good uh, physical shape, and okay. I was able to stay home, and, you know, uh, I, I made it, you know, after two weeks, I started feeling better, and, you know, even after two weeks, uh, after about three weeks, four weeks, I went down because I have a gym in my house, and I started lifting, and I had probably lost, you know, 80% of my strength. You know, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I just had a hard time just lifting the bar. Just wow. functioning. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was. Uh, well, so thank it, God. Thank it, God you're okay. I yeah, mean. Thank you. Th- thank God. Uh, you wrote a book. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Well, the book is uh, it's about my life uh, and uh, came from Jesse the Body. The title came from him. Uh, Don't call me Chico, and, and uh, you know Jesse the Body uh, would tell you that. Uh, I, I know that people have asked him who would he uh, want to wrestle if he had to wrestle anybody, and he'd always say Tito Santana would, would be the guy that I would pick because we used to have you know great matches, and Jesse, as you guys know, was a great performer. He you know, we'd get in the ring and he'd have the people ready to kill him, you know, and we wouldn't even touch for 10 minutes. And uh, so I would go to arenas and, and people would holler, hey, Chico. And, you know, I, I, I would kind of get a little pissed off, you know, that's a little disrespect. You know, I, I felt like they were, uh, you know, making fun of me. And one day I was watching, you know, I happened to be wake wake up uh, in a hotel room watching and I uh, channel surfing, and I saw our, our wrestling show, and I see Jesse the Body doing the commentating, and that's the first time that I realized that Jesse was calling me Chico on the air, and that's I said oh, that's the reason the fans are calling me Chico. It, it was a, it, it was not really an insult, you know. They they were they just were picking it up from Jesse, and those were, this, these were friends that that liked Tito Santana, you know. And then I started accepting Chico. Right. So I've had the opportunity to read the book, right? I was waiting for the summer, and, of course, coronavirus ruins it for everybody. How's the feedback on the book, and what can a fan expect from your book? Well, uh, it's about 400 pages. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a big book, and, you know, and I've, uh, I start my, talking about my life when I grew up, you know, migrant workers. Uh, I started working in the fields when I was seven, and how I got involved in sports, how my eighth-grade uh, gym teacher uh, got me in into sports and you know from there I went to getting a football scholarship and uh, then I ended up met, meeting Tully Blanchard at, at West Texas State and he got me involved in, in professional wrestling and as a matter of fact the million dollar man uh, myself and, and uh, uh, Tully Blanchard were on the same team you know at the same time right. and then from there I went and played a little bit of professional football and then I started uh, wrestling in 1977 and the rest is history, and I, I end up talking about, uh, you know, my family now and, and, and how I got into teaching, and, hmm. you know, it's my whole life story. Are you proud of it? 
I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, uh, it's a good it's a good read. I've got a lot of great feedback from people who who have read it. You know, and it kind of makes me feel good. Did you did you have a ghostwriter helping you, or did you do this entirely on your own? No, no, I I, I had a. I had a bunch of notes that I had been taking, you know, throughout, you know, but I had somebody that, that uh, of course. helped me put it together. How long did it take you to write the entire book? Probably, it, it took us about a year and a half to, okay. to complete the book. Okay. Are you aware that Tully is currently doing some stuff in AEW, and did you ever have any thoughts of yourself possibly ever dipping your toes back into, you know, Vince's show for a segment or... No, I, I, I when I left, I, I, I left it, you know... The sacrifice that we that we put in being on the road, you know, and and not being around and raising my kids and, and watching them grow up. Uh, now that I'm around and I have grandchildren and you know watching them as babies and I, I can see everything that I missed. Uh, I have had no desire since mm. I left in 1993 to go back on the road. You know th- those right. guys that you know that are on the road all the time. What if you were contacted for a guest spot to come in one time? Just to just to be on camera for a particular segment for something. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's been about four or five years when I uh, they asked me to come do a, a a raw and introduce Alberto Del Rio. You know, nice. uh, I, I came in, I did it. You know, but I right. found that it was so different because they gave me a sheet of paper and I had to rem- uh, memorize the the introduction. You know, but when when I got into wrestling, we. It was all, you know, talking from the heart. You know, right. we, we would just create our own stories. How all difficult? Of a sudden, I have a script that I have to read. How difficult was that? It was difficult, and you know, I was nervous, and you know, I, I just uh, rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed it. Right. And, and I and, and I think I I, right. I did it okay, but right, it, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, it's not like you're doing a commercial with the Pharaoh. Not exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, if I can, if I can move over to what you were one of the first guests on Piper's Pit after winning the Intercontinental Title. Uh, you know, the theme, of course, was Piper attacking your Latino heritage. Do either of you have any trepidation about that segment? Or, you know, clearly you, you couldn't get away with that stuff in today. You know how sensitive everything is today. You know, any uh, trepidation when you guys were doing that segment? No, because you know, wrestling was a work, and 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 Vince had already, you know. Uh, kind of exposed the business, you know, by then, you know, and uh, whenever somebody like Roddy Piper would insult you, it would help you get over, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was just, a. Uh, I knew that, you know, Piper kind of respected me and I respected him and, you know, we were just trying to help each other and, you know. Who was better than Piper, you know, on the mic? I mean, right. he, the guy was fantastic. Is he the greatest heel in the history of this business when he was on top of his game? If not the greatest, I would say he was one of the greatest. I mean, he, he, here's a guy that that's not as big as I was uh, and wrestled everybody much bigger than him, mm. and you didn't see him get beat too much, and he wouldn't go down to, you know, it, you wouldn't knock him down, you know, on the mat, you know, very often, you know. So, mm-hmm. and 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 who worked the fans better than, than than Roddy Piper? Roddy Piper legitimately tough behind the scenes in real life. I, I think he was. You know, I, I heard some some mm-hmm. stories where you know I, I think he was a boxer, and uh, you know, uh, you know he was a stand up guy. You know, I don't think he backed down in real life to you know to too many guys. I know you don't watch wrestling. 
but in the last two weeks, a lot of pro wrestlers are getting called out for uh, sexual harassment. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, there's a guy, gentleman Jack Gallagher. Um, most recently, an indie wrestler, Candy Cartwright, has called out Matt Riddle, who's coming into his own in the WWE. He's just debuting on SmackDown recently, and all of a sudden, this comes out. Go on, Mike. Joey Ryan, Marty Scroll, and uh, recently, Terry Runnels. I don't know if you remember Terry Runnels at all. She called out Brock Lesnar uh, for some sexual harassment. Has the industry always been like this, Tino? Is it always been this male-dominated sexual harassment type of industry, or... Or is or things have just changed? Uh, well, I don't know what it's like there today. I mean, if you've been called out, you know, I'm not going to say that the guy's guilty or, or no, but no, you know, no. Or, or, or 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 what? But uh, but were crazy things happening back then the way they seem to be now? I, I it was pretty wild back then too. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's uh, it was pretty wild. But uh, you know, I don't know that. Uh, that the wrestlers disrespected women, you okay. know, uh, okay. I, I, I th- you know, especially the, the women wrestlers that were, in, you know, traveling with the guys, you know, we, we, we had a lot of respect for them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, I mean. I, so you say maybe the old school wrestlers had respect for the industry and had respect for their partners, where it may be different now, where there's disrespect isn't the same. Or is it just more magnified now because of social media that every last stone becomes unturned? Is it? Is it that? I, I think that's. I, I think that's it. You know, just like everything is going on right now, they catch it on, on video. You know, it, it, you, you can't talk your way out of it. You know, it, it's a different world. Tito Santana, fortunate, smart or both to avoid the pitfalls that this business obviously carries, whether it's drugs, whether it's women, whether it's whatever it may be. Fortunate, smart, or a combination of both that you were able to steer clear all those years? Well, I, I think I was very fortunate, you know, and, and you know, uh, coming from a divorced family, my parents got divorced, you know, I never wanted my family to to go through what I went through as a kid, you know, and and coming from a migrant worker working on the fields for a dollar an hour, uh, I I saw how hard it was to make a buck. And and then when I started making some good money and I'd see some of the guys just blowing money on the road and I used to think to myself, you know, God, you know, they're spending $100. Well, you have to pay taxes on that $100. So it's going to cost you another... $30, Mm. you know, and and a lot of the guys, as you guys know, a lot of the guys, you know, are hurting, you know, they, 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 they are having a hard time making ends meet now. Where do you stand on, on how Vince should take care of guys then? I mean, should Vince, is it really Vince's responsibility to take care of guys who didn't manage their money correctly like you did or? Well, I don't know that it's Vince's responsibility, but you know. Uh, I do know that we were underpaid back then, but I also don't think that no matter how much he would have paid us, uh, some of these guys would have still ended up, you know, broke. You know, I think if he would have paid me more, I, I think I'd be a little bit better off, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know myself, because no. I, you know, I, I was I, I wasn't blowing my money and right. you know throwing right. it away, but right. you know, I don't think. You know, it would have been nice if we would have had a union. 
you know, for something to fall back on. But uh, would you have had the guts if it had been if it had been brought to you? Let's do this. Would you have said, okay, fine, I'll take you, know, you that, aside? That, that's a really that's, good question because you're a top player, right? And you, you're, you're risking a lot. You absolutely If you were, were to go, you risking your whole career for the betterment of others, would you have done that? Yeah. Well, many, the, 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 I don't know if you guys know the story, but, you know, right before WrestleMania 1, I believe, Jesse the Body had, you know, a lot of the guys right. all fired up about getting a union. And, okay. Uh, and we needed Hulk. You know, and and everybody was all gone home. We were all we were all in. We were all gonna, you know, we were all in. If if, uh, if we could have done it, then then would have been the only time that I think would have been able to do it. You know, before WrestleMania one, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they said, "Well, Hulk's not in." So without Hulk, you might have bankrupt McMahon though if you would have did that too. You could have finished him. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, who, who knows he what, what would have happened? He put everything on the line for WrestleMania 1. That would have been a definite problem. Yeah. That would have been a problem. Tito, there's a lot of things going on, obviously, nowadays with behind the scenes and everybody's peeling behind the curtain. And you've got the um, the show, you know, Wrestling from the Dark Side. They've been doing a lot of specials. One of the uncomfortable episodes, of course, but tragic, was surrounding Nancy Argentina. I, I believe at the time you were intercontinental champ when this awful thing happened with nancy argentina did you did you hear anything about it at the time that you can disclose for us or your personal feelings on on how bizarre this must have been and what is your take on jimmy the late great jimmy snooker who we had the pleasure of meeting um what's your take on him as a person and what were your feelings during when that was going on i know it's not an easy question but i'd appreciate if you could share are you talking about the girl that uh... yeah right yeah uh, like I wasn't there. Correct. Uh, it was my first day back. It was uh, really Oy. May tenth, nineteen eighty three, and that's this is my second time around coming He's back. Back to torture us. I'm sorry, right? sir. Go on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I did my first TV taping on May tenth because it's not not hard to to forget. You know, it's hard to for, because it was my birthday. So uh, I wake up in the morning on May 11th, and then I, I heard that uh, uh, this girl had, had died, you know. and But nobody was saying anything. So, right. you know, it was like nobody would talk about it. So how am I going to judge Jimmy right. if, you know, I, I never asked him. I mean, but did you know Jimmy well? Uh, no. Okay, so. No. I can also tell Tito was a person who wouldn't exactly go around the bar fishing. You know what I mean? No, I, no, I, can, I hear you. <laughs> I can, I'd right. be like, yo. I hear you. But, you know, you always hear that story like, oh, you he know. was the sweetest guy. I can't imagine that, that he could ever do anything he like that. He was sweet. But, but right. then again, if you didn't know him, you didn't know right. him, right? Right. I mean, it's not like I was hanging around with Jimmy and, you know, uh, I know that uh, before he died that they were they were going to try to, you know, re reopen that case and, uh, you know, and then they couldn't bring him back because he was really ill at yeah, the time. Yeah, it never would have happened. We met Jimmy yeah. right when that was happening. He was not capable of taking the stand. Right. There's no I mean, way. No the, way. The, the guy was a nice guy. You know, if, if you were around Jimmy, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you know, yeah. very likable guy, very nice guy, you know. But, yeah. you know, I, I really can't, uh, I don't have anything to, to share yeah. that, you Understood. know, any knowledge. Well, with that, we're going to take a uh, quick commercial break.
All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. And we have the Hall of Famer, superstar Tito Santana in studio. Tito, how's it going so far, right? We're hitting so, you with some tough questions, or what are we no, doing? No, no, so far so good. <laughs> All I right, mean, good. <laughs> that's why you guys are number one. You know, you have a great show, Thank and, you, you know, you don't... You don't beat around the bushes. You, you 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 come right at me. I love when you guys put us over, bro. It makes me feel <laughs> wait a, so good. Wait a minute. About that arm drag back in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's another one for you. Ready? Tom Cole uh, Tom Cole Tom was a Cole. ring boy in 1985. He was a gopher. You recognize that name? Well, I don't like where this is going. Tom Cole? Yeah. No, I don't. Who's that? Uh, Pat Patterson, vice president of World Wrestling Federation. Terry Garvin resigned. Because of the Ring Boy scandal, oh. um, I think you were around during that time. Yes, I was. What oh, do you know yeah. about that, or do you have any thoughts about that? Well, again, you know, that was not the crew that I was running around with. Good thing, you know. And and uh, <laughs> you, you uh, you'd hear a lot of whispers and you know stuff, but you know, I'm not going to comment because you know. It's hearsay. Right, right. You know, but, you know, obviously, you know, Pat Patterson was gay and, you know. He was? Uh, he what? was hanging around with, you know, all the boys loved him. You know, he was a great guy. He, he was one of the boys, you know. It, it's not like uh, there was anything in the locker rooms where, you know. But, but can, can I ask you a question, right? So. Obviously, every guy that comes in here says what a brilliant guy he was, what a great guy he no was. Doubt. No doubt. But then you hear all this other side stuff, right? Your Piper had an issue with him, from what I understand. Again, hearsay, not saying it's factual. Is it you're wrong? Pretty, you're a pretty stand-up guy. You're a stand-up guy. Absolutely. As at some point, do you have like a like a push and pull with yourself? Like, hey, you know, I like the guy, but, you know... Did you ever wonder, let me put it this way, did you ever wonder what the basic everyday wrestling fan wonders when it comes to Pat Patterson rumors, where there's smoke, is there fire? Because there's so many rumors about the things that Pat's done behind the scenes, and they're all very uncomfortable. You know, any thoughts on on any of that with Pat, or? No, no, I, I, I mean, I, I uh, God, I, I, like. You're just fortunate enough to not. To not have seen stuff, right. obviously. I, 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 I didn't hang around with Pat, and, right. and, and uh, you know, and maybe because I was such a straight guy that a lot of the shit that was going on wasn't shared with me, you know. And, you know, uh, I mean... Well, fortunately, you were never approached. <laughs> no, no I, 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 I do know that uh, Jimmy... Uh, uh, God, what's his name? Tech team partner uh, uh, Jimmy Powers. Jimmy Powers. I know he told he told me that he was approached, but you know he really yeah. didn't get into details. Even well, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with a person being approached, right? right. They're attracted to him. They say, "Hey, I would like." That, I don't. There's nothing wrong with that, right? right? It's it's when you take advantage or force something, which supposedly happened this ring boy situation where people were afraid for their jobs and they were told to do again hearsay not saying it's factual um i mean you're you're a good looking guy still a good looking guy how you must have been hit on on a regular basis right not by pat patterson (laughs) (laughs) oh my 
Juan Ortito. <laughs> Holy moly. All right. Do you consider yourself fortunate, smart, or both in that case? <laughs> oh, sorry, anyway. All of the above. Yeah. Thoughts on, thoughts on Pat Patterson as, as a wrestler, just from the nerdy end? Well, I mean, he was a great worker. Yeah. You know, th- yeah. that's why, uh, I mean, and he would, uh, you know, they, they, they would, I would just hear, and they would joke, uh, just don't let him go behind you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you work with Patterson, don't let him go behind you, but, you know, if you wrestle Pat Patterson, I mean, I, I think he was one of the key guys that, that, that helped uh, uh, Bob Backlund, you know, learn mm. how to work, you know, a little bit. So I'm going to throw this at you then since we're going that way. You've been in many wrestling organizations. Oh, yeah. You've always been a top guy. Oh, yeah. You know there's money when you're a top guy. Oh, yeah. Not asking names, man, woman, or beast. Were you ever approached, approached saying, hey, if you want a serious push in any federation, don't have to name it, I'm asking you to give me some kind of something. No, no, no. I, 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 uh, Thank God. I, I was never, I was never approached. I mean, I mean, I know, I didn't like. I didn't. I wasn't a wrestling fan. I started in 1977 in Tampa, Florida. Jim Barnett, who also happened to be gay, uh, owned Georgia also, and he brought me into Georgia, but. You know, were these guys openly gay, or was it kind of closet gay at that point? I think it was closet. You know, th- yeah. th- I never, I yeah. never. Because that'd him. be tough in a man's industry like Absolutely. this to even right. like sure. come out of the closet. Everybody yeah, knew that you know that they were gay, but you know, nobody like. I don't know. I, I don't know if it, you, you know. You're saying some very interesting stuff, though. We know what's going on in today's society, right? Right. And you're talking about older school, older right? Treated from what I'm getting. Treated women with respect as teammates. Treated people who had sexual ten- different sexual tendencies with respect. Uh, something to be said. You're making some really clear statements here, and maybe the, you know the downfall of what's happening in society right now. Maybe I mean you know it's it is a different world, I guess. You know, it's a, without a doubt. Do you enjoy social media? Because I mean, you use it very well, and you you by the way, you use social media with class and dignity, but. Do you enjoy the tool of social media? Has it helped your career as far as continuing to remain in the eyes of the fans publicly? I think it. I think it. I think it. Uh, it I think it has helped. Uh, I. I. I was. I started. The, I'm not very computer savvy, tech savvy, mm-hmm. but I've learned. Uh, I start. I, I got into Twitter, and before you know it, somebody uh, hacked into my account, and all of a sudden, there's all kinds of porn stuff in in, in my account, and you know. I, I ended up dropping it, you know. I, I didn't know how to de- how to drop it, how to delete right. it. And, and this guy, smart ass, says, uh, "Sure, all you have to do is uh, hit a button." And, well, it's all you have to do, but you have to find that button. If you don't, if you're not computer, you know, tech savvy, where the hell is that button at? You know. Well, I think I think you know what people are afraid to try new things, and then you know once you get your groove, it's not as hard as you think it is. And right. They just you know, um, your opinion. Were you the greatest baby face in pro wrestling history? Wow. Well, boy, you're up there. I, I'm not going to say that I, that I was the greatest baby face. You know, Steamboat was, you know, a great baby face. There's only a few of you that have never turned right. heel. I mean, and you're yeah. one of them, so. But I think that I had a lot of control 
of a baby phase, you know, what how, I knew how to sell, I knew how to make a comeback, I had fire coming out of the yin yang, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I gave the people what they wanted. Uh, I think my style was a little different than, than Ricky Steamboat's. Uh, Bret Hart was a good baby face, you know. Bret Hart had a different style than me. Uh, so I don't know that I was better than they, but I guarantee you they were not better than me either. You know, I, I put myself, you know, on the same scale as, as far as knowledgeable and, and, and uh, understanding the business and understanding my, the role of a baby face and, and how to get a match over, you know, uh, I'm as good as it gets. With or that, I was as good as it, get, as, well, as it got. Is. Still are. <laughs> With that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Is. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro seen here every Thursday out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma. We are honored to have WWE Hall of Famer Mr. Tito Santana in studio. Tito, I wanted to ask you, since we were just on the subject of baby faces, did you come across during your time uh, quick draw Rick McGraw, who I find, you know, his... His tragic, you know, he, he passed on young. I thought he was a tremendous baby face. Any memories of Rick and where he might have been able to go if he had not been cut short? Well, I mean, I met Rick, I believe it was in 1978. Oh. We were in the same territory. Okay. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a very big man. No. You know, he wasn't very tall. No. But, man... Could the guy work? Fans loved him. Yeah. And those Channel 9 days right. when he was, you know, fighting on Channel 9 on Saturday nights, I thought yeah. he was as over. And as a matter of fact, didn't Skoland take him out to the ring at one point? Yes. He was being connected to Bob Backlund. I really thought Rick McGraw, for a little guy, had the, had the big heart that the fans absolutely adored and was a tremendous baby face. Yes. And, and, but, I, like, again, I didn't really get to know him very mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. and run run with him. Right. But, uh, I mean... I could see you two being a team. Sure was... Uh, <laughs> Why not? Sure was tragic when, when uh, he died at a very young age. Yeah. You discussed how you wanted to be a heel. What did you want your gimmick to be? And how come you never wore a heel? What did you want to be as a heel? How would Tito Santana have been as a bad guy? I would have loved to have seen that. Well, I, I think I would have... Uh, I think I would have been kind of like... Kind of like the same style with a little bit of a twist... Uh, that Mr. Wonderful had. Okay. You know, uh, a, a wrestler, a, a sneak, but he could keep up with the best and and, and, uh, and just uh, it, a little on the cocky side, you know, uh, irritate the fans by being a little cocky. And, and I think uh, being a Mexican would have, would have been a little easier than even Mr. Wonderful had. Would you have pushed that? Would you have pushed that angle? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I He's been. no dummy. <laughs> it's the heat. You had uh, many successful tag team runs. 
What was your favorite tag team that you worked with? Well, without a doubt, Rick Martel, Strike Force. You know, we 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 were a really really good tag team because both of us could you know had the same style. When I was teamed up with the with the Ivan Putsky, uh that was also good. But you know, you had strong guy and 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 the wrestler. You know. And, and, and I think I did a good job, you know, contributing to the team what I had to contribute. You know, I, I, I accepted the fact that I was the weak link and he would be the one that come in and save me. You know, and I was a good seller. Who, who wasn't the weak link when you worked with Putski, right? Right. He was always the, the yeah. guy. Look right. at Andre taking bumps. Yeah. Here comes Putski. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> That's but, funny. yeah, I mean, but, you know, you, you monitor and you adjust. <laughs> I thought you complimented Putski excellently for the time period. Uh, Wrestling was getting faster and faster in the ring as the 80s continued into the 90s right. into today. So I thought that at the time, you were the perfect combo for what wrestling tag team was back in those times. Yeah, and you I know? think we, we got over. I, I wish they would have given us more time, but uh, it, it wasn't very long. Right. And then you had, what was it, with the Samoans, correct? Yeah, the Samoans came right. in. and oh, I, I used to go out and watch them. Uh, wrestle and you know and I used to say man I knew that we were going to be working we're on them and killed. their stuff that they did you know in the <laughs> ring it, it looked it, it looked awful I mean it, you know he th those guys looked like like killers you yeah know? And, and, and you, you know, Tony, I was nervous as hell Tony Atlas was in studio a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yes. and we were talking about the time where him and Rocky Johnson won the bell for the Samoans but I asked him if the, the chair was gigged that they hit him with the one I think Alpha he said, no, it was a straight wood chair that dude took over the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were animals, those guys. That's crazy. So when you did finally get into the ring with them, did you find the experience to be as physically hard, or did they have what sometimes is termed in the business as working with them as soft as soft hands? Were they, were they rough? No. I mean... So it, it was easy. It was so easy that you used to say, yeah. how the hell can I sell this? You know, you don't, you don't even feel it. Right. But the head, right? Not even the headbutts? Not even the headbutts. The hair probably mm. was the illusion. It, wow. <coughs> you know, and, and they'd hit you in the, in, on the head with those chops and, and, and kick you, and, and, and you wouldn't feel anything. And then wow. you say, how? That's great. It used to be like, uh, when I watch them, it looks so awesome and killing, you know, like they're killing their <laughs> opponents. And I, I say, I'm going to have to take that. And, and then when you get in there, you know, how do I sell this? You know, I, I don't right. feel it. You know, well, you we're exposing the business, you know. And, and, but but you watch it on film, and it looks nah, it, it so real. It looks awesome. How about your memories when you were with Martell working against the High Flyers? Uh, in, in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's like a little Vern Gagne country here. Yeah. Um, the, the They were over. But we got over too, and and the fans wanted us to beat them. You know, they, they, I think they were. Were they, were they pissed? Uh, <laughs> so they wanted you to beat the high flyers. The, the fans wanted us to beat the high flyers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we had. I can't tell you how many our Broadways we had. Uh, you know, uh, our matches. You so you know, had you had Broadway our Broadways and tag team matches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and and, and uh, you know the people were really with it. You know, and and we did the. We finished the, the 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 angle that we had, and then I went to Atlanta. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you: Did you take Greg seriously, or were you were just like, "All right, he's the kid, he's the man's son, just go get along." You know, uh, 
until I got into the ring with him. I didn't have a lot of respect because he didn't have the body. He didn't have. But then what I. What are you saying? He had tennis legs. He had tennis legs. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Anyway, he had nobody, but you know, he's a good wrestler, though, right? The psychology in the ring that he he's had a good wrestler, was, was right? unbelievable. That's right. You know. That's right. And he had, you know, he had a lot of fire, also, you know. Yeah. And yeah. but when I when I first got there and I I saw him wrestle against uh, Big John Studd and John Studd is taking hip tosses from him and you know, wow. And I used to say to myself, wow, you know, but the guy would make you believe the stuff that, that he mm-hmm. was doing, you know, as as, yeah. as wimpy as he looked, you know, his, his work, <laughs> his, his work was, uh, was ne- you know, next to none. I, I heard he wanted to turn heel at one point. That would have been interesting to see him, like, dye his hair blonde, grow a beard, and act all snarly all of a sudden. You think what? he could have pulled that off? He seemed pretty... Uh, I, don't, I have no doubt that he could have pulled it there off, you, you know, because, uh, you know, he was... <laughs> He was writing the show <laughs> with his dad, you know, right, so, you right. know, he, he, uh... Right. You, you couldn't know, have been that shocked when you got in the ring with him. He was trained by his father. I mean... Right. It's hereditary, right? Yeah. In his case. Right. In and, his and, case. And, and Vern was a great worker. I mean, I, I saw Vern... I don't know how old he was when, when I got there in 1981, 82, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw him work against uh, Nick Bockwinkle, and, you know... He was still over like a million dollars there in, in, mm. in Minnesota. The wow. man sold out for decades. The main event heavyweight champion of the world in his region. How bad could he be? Right. He had to be like, you know, at least a Lou Thez of sorts. Well, you know, you know he, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, did he wrestle in the Olympics? I know he wrestled I, in college. He and, might, you know, he might have had a go. He yeah. might have had a no, go. No, Vern was an Olympic yeah. wrestler. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, Drake sold cars. Right. <laughs> What's your point? What, like an AMC Pacer? What well, are you I don't talking know, yeah, about? Something like that. <laughs> you Chevy. Uh, speaking of training and not potty training, you're, you were obviously trained by the great hero Matsuda, who didn't just train you. He, of course, trained Hulk Hogan. Uh, what was he like in person, the great hero, and uh, memories of him? Well, when I first got into Tampa, uh, and I found out that I was going to be trained by the hero Matsuda, uh, I the first couple of days, I, I just worked out with Barry Orton and uh, his father, uh, Bob Orton's father, mm-hmm. senior, senior, I, I guess. Oh yeah, you know, would come in and, and you know was helping us out, and and he was watching Hiro Matsuda. Uh, I didn't know Hiro Matsuda. You know, he was watching us, and and Barry, coming from a wrestling family, you know, he was way ahead of me, but. He, he he wanted to be a heel, and he was strutting in the in, in the ring already, you know, and he was just breaking in himself. So, Hiro Matsuda didn't appreciate that. Oh. You know, he, oh he, he told me, he says, don't listen to what he's doing. You know, he doesn't even know. He still went behind the ears, and he's, now he's doing high spots and dancing around. And he says, you need to learn. He says, there's seven takedowns. Learn the takedowns, and you can have a match with anybody. And I'm talking about takedowns, headlock, taking over, uh, arm drag, fireman carry, uh, go behind, you know, Mm. uh, hip toss, uh, single leg dive, double leg dive. He he said seven backdrops, work on the seven, I mean seven takedowns, work on seven takedowns. And that's all I worked on, seven takedowns. And the first match that I had, uh, was just, I, I used that, and I was able to get by, you know, my first match. Uh, who taught Cito, Tito Santana how to throw a 
punch, though. See, this is where I always wonder, how do they teach you how to clock uh, each other? I mean, how how is how do you go about that? Well, uh, turning the, I think I had one of the best punches in the business. That's why I'm asking you. You yeah. know, and and uh, my my sons tell me that you know you can't see, you couldn't see through your punches. Uh, how much contact were you would you make? I well, mean, how much contact are we talking? The art of throwing a professional wrestling punch. Not much, you know. Uh, is your fist tight when you're throwing it? Or no, you're loose? You, you, it's loose. Your fist is loose, and, and, and you okay. almost you, you 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 throw your fingers, you know, in the front. But interesting. Uh, okay, uh, that's the hardest thing that I that I learned, you know. And and Greg Gagne told me, don't throw a punch to the head. You know, I didn't throw a punch till I was five years in the business. Mm. Really. He says, start with the stomach. You know, throw yeah. the punches in the stomach. That way, if you, if, if you land it, you're not going to really hurt somebody. But I'll never forget, I was in the Battle Royal. And and uh, Harley Race Uh-oh. grabbed me. Uh-oh. And he said, come over here, kid. You're going to learn, tonight you're going to learn how to throw a punch. And he backed me up into the ropes. And he says, Okay. Throw a punch, and I threw a punch, and I was nervous as hell to come in. Carly Rays was a killer. Yeah, I mean, I, I was scared to death to, to, to hurt him because he could kill you. Yeah. Uh, so I threw the punch, and he says, "Lay it in, pussy." <laughs> and you know, so then when I started when I started throwing the punch without being afraid okay. of potatoing somebody, when when you when you laid it in hard, we used to call it a potato. Mm. I think once you get over the fear of Potato in somebody. After that night, you know, it, it changed my my. Like I could throw a punch through a nose with my right or my left, you know, hand. In a way, you were set free once you were comfortable with the art of throwing punches effectively. Right. Yeah. Wow. Flair nice. Flair in his thirty for thirty said he used to have a string and he worked on that string for days and weeks and months. A string. Punching a string wow. as close as he could get to it, so he could get you know. Right, it's a, it's an art form. And I used to do the same thing. I used to hang a, a cup from the ceiling and you know punch the, the cup. Yeah. You know? Wow. Uh, but but nothing helped like when Harley Race took me and you know says right. lay it in you pussy. Yeah. And you know I got the uh, I was not afraid to, to to potato anybody anymore. Let me ask you: Did you ever hurt anybody in the ring? No. Were you ever hurt? Uh. Well, Bruce Barber Beefcake, which was never a very good worker. Okay, he uh, wasn't. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he, we were in Atlanta. We were in Atlanta with the WWE, and we were working against him in a tag match. I forgot who my partner was, and he ran my head into the apron, and I mean, I got like fourteen stitches on my, on my forehead. Uh, it, it's just not knowing how to how to work, you know, you know how to how to be light. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an art to, 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 to and, and I would always tell the guys that I work, like Greg was pretty stiff and, and I would tell Greg, I said, Greg, you don't have to convince me. I believe you. I believe, I know you're tough. I believe you convince the fans, you know, and, and do it without hurting me. Yeah. How about a fist from Greg Valentine? How would that feel compared to, was that light and airy? I can't picture it. No, I mean Greg would, would would hit you in the chest, you know, and, yeah. and he would lay it in, and the chops, boom, he would lay lay him in. But you know, I've got pretty good, 
my hands are a lot bigger than, than Greg's, you know. Oh, boy. So there was always a comeback, you know. Well, and, we were saying last time you were here, there was a picture of you and Hogan. You were as big as Hogan, do you? Were a big, you're a big guy. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, Hogan wasn't much taller than me. That's they insane. promoted him at 6'8", you know. Yeah, well. Listen, every great man is a great woman. Tell me about your wife a little bit. Oh. Well, my wife is, is a very intelligent woman, you know. She... she uh, she was very supportive. Uh, she raised three kids. You know, uh, I'd like to take uh, credit for my kids, you know, being so, my kids are fantastic. You know, my oldest son's a lawyer. My middle son graduated from Princeton. And my little guy, you know, works for a tech company in New York. And, wow. you know, they all have masters. And, you know, she did a great job, you know. And, and she was there for me whenever I would come home. She was she was there for me, you know. She, so obviously famous guy wrestling the ring rats that are around was your wife jealous of like all the ring rats hanging around i mean how how did that stress out your marriage she never my, she she never she never questioned me she ne she never uh, she never questioned me she she uh, she was she was a good woman you yeah. know she she trusted yeah. me she she never questioned me and who were your friends in, in the business during those days, who did you travel with? Who is there three or four wrestlers that Tito Santana could say these were my boys? These were the guys I tried. These are the guys I trust. Are there a few guys you can name that you're very fond of over the years well, that you travel? Mr. With? Wonderful was my best friend in the business. Okay, you know I, okay. I traveled with That's him. Amazing to me. You know, on screen, you're like Mr. Nice Guy Reba, and he's a bastard on screen. Right. That's amazing. But, okay. you know, he was a heel. I was, I was a baby face, right. and, and, and we weren't competing with each other. Right, right. You know, the baby faces, I wasn't going to stab him in the back. He wasn't going to stab me in the back. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was one of them. I used to like to travel with Bill Eady and Barry Darso. Okay. Uh, the Bushwhackers, uh, <laughs> you know. Traveling with the Bushwhackers, that must have been interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think I hung out with guys that I knew weren't going to get, get you in trouble. In, yeah. yeah. Smart guy. How about Brad Armstrong? What did he mean to your career? You're talking about Brad Armstrong in, 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 in Atlanta, Georgia? Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. Bob, Bullet Bob's son. Yeah, well, I, I again, it was early in my Sorry. career. I, I don't know if it was uh, in 81 when I met him. I think, I think it was in 81. My second time in Atlanta, and and talk about a kid who had a lot of talent. But the problem with him, you know, there was a group in in Atlanta, Georgia, that that were doing all kinds of uh, pills and stuff, you know, and and just partying like there was no tomorrow. And, and you know, he was just beginning to party, and then I left Georgia, and then I heard he got worse and worse and worse. And, I, I heard he passed away. I don't know what he passed away from. You know. You know what? What? What was the, what caused him to die? I, right. You know, I, I really don't know. Thoughts know. on Bob, his father. Bob was his father. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean thoughts on him though. Any thoughts? Oh, on Oh, his him? father. Yeah, no. the, both of them in the ring in general. They were technicians. Oh, no? his father was a great guy. I mean, and he was a great worker too, and a great babyface, and uh, and his father was pretty straight guy he you know he wasn't doing drugs and stuff and they were in the same territory and right. that's why why right. i couldn't understand how but you know friends are a big influence you know he started hanging around with uh, different guys and they they led him astray you know you know 
friends you, like friends like uh, Orndorff obviously came to know your family. I'm assuming over the years and yeah. stuff like that. So he's a true friend. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Mikey. Undertaker just recently uh, announced his retirement um, this week, I believe. Mm. Uh, you defeated him in Mexico, right? In, in Spain. In Spain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Did you know that this guy had the goods and he was going to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time? Yes. How? Uh, just the charisma that he had and, you know, a big guy. Uh, and, you know, he was getting over like a million dollars. You know, when I beat him in in Barcelona, I think it's a it's a time when they were prepping me to to go for you know be the world champ. You know, because that's why I found that out later. Right. Uh, you know, and and he could work with the little guys and he could work with the big guys. You know, he had it all. I mean, was he physically soft-handed too, where you wouldn't feel yeah. like he needed a giant bandaid after the match? No, no, he he, he very very easy guy. Hulkamania. Or The Undertaker, which one, in your opinion, is Vince's greatest creation? You know, I always say Hulk was like Elvis, you know, to, to our business. You know, he, That's he fair. at the right time, you know, Hulk, you know, was right there. Vince created him. You know, Hulk wasn't the greatest worker. But Vince sure knew how to push him, you know, and, and got him over, and, and the fans just uh, ate it up. Do you feel Hogan gets a bad rap as a worker? Do you feel that he's... Because some folks say he's awful. I don't believe that. I always felt that he was, at the very least, serviceable. Do you feel that Hogan was a bad wrestler in the ring? No, I, th I think he became a pretty good wrestler, but, you know, towards the end. You know, he... Because he worked heel, he also learned how to lead a match. He was a baby face and heel, so, you know, he had seen both sides of of, uh, of, of the working. I, I never experienced being a heel, right? but I knew what a heel did, and I, I would feed the heel. And, like, I learned this from, you know, Mr. Perfect and Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Mr. Wonderful was a great, to me, one of the greatest heels ever. Mm. And he would, would tell me, he says, Tito, when... When a baby face makes a comeback, the baby face should just stay in the same spot and the heel bump and be feeding you. You don't have, the baby face shouldn't have to move. The, the heel just keep, you know, when it's, it's time to, for the heel to bump, they just keep coming in. Whether it's a slam or a drop kick or, you know, a hip toss, you know, they just keep coming to you and, you know, they just keep bumping and, until it's time, you know, to, to go home or, or leave the ring to get the people really pissed off at, at you. Uh, is that why the heel usually controls the match because they're going to take all the bumps? Well, not necessarily take all the bumps, but a good heel will dictate the flow. Would yeah, yeah, okay. a, a good heel. You know, to me, it, it's very. Our business is very simple. You know, the baby phase on wrestles the heel, so the the heel has to cheat to take over. Then it's time for the baby face to, 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 to sell. And not everybody knows how to sell. you got to sell without dying. You know, if you, if you just lay flat dead, you, you got to, you know, listen to the crowd and let the, you know, when the, when the people start coming, you, you got to start coming up and then the heel, you know, and then you make little short comebacks and they stop you, little short comebacks and they stop you. But when you make the big comeback, 
you know, the, the, the heel's got to feed you, you know, and if you have a lot of fire, then it, then then the, a good heel will make you look like you have more fire than you than you really have. So so last time you were in studio, you were talking about when Savage first came and how you had to kind of teach him the ways of the Northeast. Call me crazy on this, but I've watched the interview a cabillion times. Okay. Right? I felt like you weren't a big fan of Savage, the way you came off. I, I felt like you just you weren't overly impressed by him. No, no. Uh, Savage became one of the best hands in the WWE. Sure. You know. Sure. He came in working in Kentucky with his father. They owned the territory. And, you know, like when we first started, I had matches with him in Georgia in 1977. You know, we used to just do stuff. To you know, take bumps just, just to take bumps. You know, we give me a bed drop, throw me up as high as you can, and 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 you know, a lot of times we didn't get the response because you know, like Mr. Fuji told me later, there's a reason if you can you can throw one drop kick at the right time or, and get a heck of a response, or throw ten drop kicks and don't get it. You know, if they're not in the right time, so Macho Man hadn't worked with top talent. You know, the way I, I mean, I, Morocco, you know, uh, Patera, Stud, you know, I, I had worked with a lot of top talent, and I, I don't think, I think Randy Savage was still working, you know, what we used to call jabroni matches, doing stuff for no rhyme or reason, and when he came into New York, before he got Elizabeth, he wasn't getting any response, in, in, you know, in the, in the, in in, in the arenas. Do you think he gets over and has the career he has without Elizabeth? Uh, I don't think so. Wow. Boy, that's rough. Yeah. I, I, I mean, rough to me. they were tandem. They were, they, yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they I mean, worked. the, the, way, the yeah. way he worked Elizabeth into the program it was amazing. I mean, was amazing. It was. His interviews became, you know, I don't know. If he, he was almost copied Hulk Hogan to. A little bit with the leotards and the gimmicks, and mm -hmm. you know, he kind of copied Hulk Hogan a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, but his interviews got really, really good. And, oh my God! You know, he did an interview with me, and he's talking about you know he's going to go after the title match, and and he's he's talking about the world title. And I, I said, Randy, you're going to become the Intercontinental Champion. You got to make this belt the most important belt there is. You know, why are you talking about the the world title? You know. Because at the time, they didn't tell him, you're going to be the world champion. Right. They put the world title because he got over. Uh -huh. So then, you know. Because he got over being the intercontinental champion. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. So, it, it, you know, I think, I think I taught Randy Savage a lot. But Don Morocco showed, taught me a lot, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, the was, way, was that's Savage, the way we used to do was it. Was Savage receptive to your comments? Uh, I think so. Okay. You know, I, you might have been an exception because I heard Randy was pretty tunnel visioned as to what he wanted to do and what he expected to have out of a match. All right. So I'm sorry, we're almost out of time. Oh, okay. Pharaoh's going to have the last question with you. I am. And then, uh, yeah, oh. you're on. So. All right, here we go. Okay, Mr. Santana, I want to ask you, where do you feel you would rank? Yeah, this is impossible, but go ahead, give it a shot. Where do you feel you would rank yourself? Wait a minute. I want you to think about this question. This is the last question right. for a Hall of Famer, Tito Santana. <laughs> right. 
Is this the question that you want to well, go to bed on? You want me to throw the script out and just do what I do every week? Exactly. Just ask you yeah, I just want to make sure that this is going to be the final question. Okay. We never know when we might see the guy again. That's true, too. All right, then answer me two questions. No, you get yeah, one. No, he's going to answer me two. Right. Make it quick. Number one, <laughs> who do you believe is the greatest professional wrestler of all time? Give me one name. And number two, where do you rank yourself on such same list? Well, so there. <laughs> I would say The Rock wow. has to be wow has to be wow the top. I mean, uh, I wow. think The Rock was a great worker, great interviewer. I mean, he he had it all. What puts him above the Hogans? Because I know that's probably your number two. Um, well, uh, I I just think when I used to watch and The Rock took it to a different level, you know, where he had the peop- the the fans, you know. Going back. At the tip of shit. his tongue, you know. He'd <laughs> say something and they'd, you know. Right. I mean, right. he was. I think he was one of the first ones that, that did that. Magnetic response. Right, right. yeah. Right. And where do you rank yourself on this list if you were forced to? Well. Put yourself in that PWI as top. Far as, as far as working, you know. I'm as good a, a baby phase worker as any of them. Oh, yeah. I didn't get the push that these guys got. So I know that I didn't get as over as Hulk or as over as The Rock or as over as Steve Austin because you only got over as much as they pushed you. Of course. You know, every time I had to do a job to, to, to get somebody over, you know, they would bring you down. They you, they didn't see The Rock, The Hulk, you know, The Undertaker, The... the, the uh, who was the other guy that, that God? That, Austin? Oh, Kane? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the, the one that beat the Hulk for the title. Uh, the Warrior. Ultimate oh, Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. You know, Warrior. those guys weren't doing jobs, you know. So, right. so obviously, they got over with the fans. Right. Macho Man, you know, got pushed, you know, to the limits, you know, and uh, eventually got over as good as anybody got over, you know. Right. you know. So it's Vince had total control of, of how much you were going to get over. So it's a tough time out there for everybody. Uh, you have a message for the people watching and fans about, you know, what kind of message you have for people out there? Well, uh, the message that I have is, is uh, we're so lucky to have so many wrestling fans all over the world. You know, keep watching, uh, keep supporting the wrestlers, keep supporting the wrestlers in the independent market, you know, because a lot of these guys, you know, that's where you're going to create the new stars. Uh, we're living in a hard time right now with the virus. You know, keep the distance, wear a mask. Uh, you know, don't get the virus if you can possibly help it. There's a lot of people who who are fighting it, and, and, and they think it's against their uh, the rights. You know, well, you can have all the rights in the world that you, that you want, but if you get that virus, you, you're going to wish that you hadn't uh, gotten the virus. I can guarantee you that. And I want to thank you, all the fans for continued support of uh, Tito Santana. And uh, one more pop on your book. Don't call me Chico. <laughs> Just go to uh, uh, all you have to do is go to uh, uh, I post I, I post it you know quite often. So it's on you, Amazon you, too, yeah, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> you know, you can you can find it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to read it. So um, I want to thank Hall of Famer Tito Santana for coming in the studio and for being a guest, Tito. 
Uh, one of our sponsors, Good Fucking Wine, is giving you a free bottle of wine for nice. being on Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. So I'll send you that information. So I want to thank you again, Monty. You can get lit and watch the replay. Sounds nice. good. Sounds good. Go. Well, Monty DeFaro can be seen on YouTube, Facebook Live <laughs> on the Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Channel 115 every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. And for early risers, Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. Also catch us on RTF Sports Network on Fridays from 6 to 7 p.m. and on Monday from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. We want to again thank you, Mr. Santana, for coming in studio. And, Jimmy, I want to thank you for another wonderful broadcast. Oh, you're very welcome, partner. Looking right. forward to next week. Absolutely. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. This is the Pharaoh. Until next week. Later. <laughs>